0: All right, everybody. Shalom and welcome to the Yeshai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to beautiful Yerushalayim and the Land of Israel Network. As I look out from uh, Yeshivat Pardes, I see a crane outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is being built. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is happening in our time, and you're a part of it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, As I started saying, I'm at parties. That means it's time for Spiritual Cafe with Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike, shalom and welcome.
1: It's so great to see you, Jack.
0: It is great to see you. It is great to see you. And uh, we recorded early last week. That means that we haven't seen each other in a while. It's great to see you. I'm very excited to study with you the Torah portion of Toldot. Um, um, I I was thinking about, about how oftentimes I say like this is one of my favorite Torah portions. The truth is, this is not one of my favorite Torah portions in a weird way. But it is one that's very entertaining and complex. And when I say it's not one of my favorites, God forbid, do not understand me. The Torah is equal. Every word of it is exactly equal to another word. Every letter is equal to the other word. And there's so many lessons here. But what I, what I was thinking when I was thinking about saying this to you, I was thinking, why, well, why is that? And that's because uh, this is the Torah portion that I would say is the beginning of conflict. The truth is, every single Torah portion has had conflict. Every single one. If it's Bereshit, that God was upset with the world itself, and and the 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 Adam and Eve, uh, that that whole issue, and and then of course the Noah and the destruction of the world, and and the uh, Tower of Babel. Uh, we've had conflict in in Lech Lecha with the, with the kings and Abraham's coming and he's leaving his father. We've had conflict everywhere, but. All those conflicts have been, and we also, of course, had a not very revealed conflict between Ishmael and Yitzchak, but it wasn't very revealed to us in the text. You, you kind of, it was lighter, okay, he, lighter. In this Torah portion, we begin an intra-family conflict, and we're going to begin the story of Jacob. Jacob and Esau and this conflict and the and the lies and the tricks that we're going to see in this Torah portion are going to boomerang and come back later again. B- basically in my mind we are starting the road to Egypt in this week's Torah portion because we're the star- starting the road uh, of of family dynamics which are which are tough and and trickery and and there's, there's like beginning here is a, a little bit of a lack of sweetness. It's true there's
1: lack of sweetness, and it is um, not only going to boomerang down to Egypt, but I think will continue to spiral through time to our very day. Because I mean, there there's an internal model here in the struggle between Jacob and Esau, these two brothers, these twins, that is going to play itself out as we can, I think, and will identify in our time. But I would say I find some excitement there as well. Because if you can identify the roots of a problem, then you have taken a significant step closer to solving it. And the very fact that we're sitting here in the middle of Jerusalem today watching it being built with all the messiness and confusion around
0: that tells me that the time has come actually to get to the source of the problem and solve it. Okay, well we're going to definitely be using on today's Torah portion, we're specifically going to be using your uh, uh, historical strengths, I think, because this is very much a Torah portion that leads us to um, a historical conflict uh, that has played on, and that conflict between Esau, Esav, and Yaakov, Jacob, is not just uh, a conflict of hate; it's also a conflict of love. Meaning to say that the Jewish people have many times been attracted to and have yearned for, and have written many books about Jerusalem and Rome, and and or this is the new Jerusalem and this is the new Jerusalem, it always has to do with 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 um, somehow mixing. Uh, certain Jewish values with Western values, and when we're talking about Esau, we're talking about Westernism, Western values. That's the way our rabbis have actually identified, kind of, uh, Esau with Edom, Edom, Rome, and and it's a kind of when, in in the Jewish mind when we talk about Esau, we're talking about Western Gentiles, the Western world, and that 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 very um, how should we call it um, a dynamic, cultural,
1: a cultural continuum. Yeah. Now here's a question for you, because you, you gave correctly the classic rabbinic view from, from Esau, the brother of Jacob, to Edom, that nation, and then from Edom to Rome, and then Rome ultimately to sort of Greco-Roman Christian culture. Here's a question for you, though. There's a missing link in that progression. Can you identify it? We know how you get from Esau to Edom. The Torah itself tells us that Esau is Edom. It actually goes out of its way twice well, emphasize. Edom is supposed
0: to be uh, to our east
1: here. Uh, uh, south, uh, southeast. Right. The, the, the Nabatean the, culture, south, southeast. Yeah, I mean, right. the, the what we consider a modern-day Negev in southern Jordan. Right. The capital is at Petra sometimes.
0: Across um, from the Red Sea. Across, across from the Dead Sea. Yeah, but also to the south of us, south right. of Judea. Um, right, Edomians. Exactly. That's uh, here. The, you know, Herod is an Edomian. So,
1: so, and we know how we get from Asaph to Edom. And we know how we get from Rome to general Greco-Roman Christian culture. That's clear when Christianity takes over the Roman Empire. How do you get from Adam to Rome? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. There's no clear line. If you look for some sort of I cultural mean, Herod, continuity. Herod is an example. Ah, uh, He's not just the example. In my opinion, Herod is the link. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll make a quick plug that if those of you who are listening to the Land of Israel network, my... Jewish Story History Podcast is coming out. And in a few weeks you'll hear the uh the edition on Herod. So you can keep this in mind and listen in when it comes out. But for now. So that's at the landofisrael.com.
0: Yep. Uh it's called the Jewish Story. The Jewish Story with Rabbi Mike Foyer. We're gonna be talking about Herod and and just I'll 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 uh I'll uh uh uh, raise what did they say in poker like i'll, I'll see your I'll card see your, and raise you one right, I'll, see, I'll see your plug and raise you one which is uh, uh the latest film that i just made about about hebron the secrets of the of the tomb of the patriarchs in hebron also has a large section about about herod who is the builder who's the builder of the structure there and that's at the uh, youtube page of the land of israel network as well excellent so why am i mentioning herod because
1: herod has two faces He has two faces. Throughout history, what's Herod's um, nickname? He's Herod the Great. Or Herod the Terrible? Yeah, Wicked. It depends on how you write. Meaning, he's got these two faces. He's Herod the Great because of the amazing structure he built in Hebron, because of the second temple which he rebuilt and glorified, because of the strength of the state which he built and his amazing ability to navigate the complex waters of the transition from the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire. He's called Herod the Wicked because he did a lot of really bad things. He killed the sages, he oppressed people, he built idolatrous temples etc., etc. He's got these two faces, because on one hand, Herod was a Jew. He was a Jew. He was the son of an Idumean forced convert, but he saw himself as a Jew, and, and much of Judea accepted him as such. He glorified the temple after all. On the other hand, Herod was more Roman than the Romans. Have you seen the Colosseum at Caesarea? at Caesarea? Yeah. Many people see that, and they immediately think of what?
0: The Colosseum. The Colosseum at Rome. Right.
1: right? But many people are unaware that the Colosseum at Rome was built almost 100 years after Mm -hmm. what Herod built. Mm -hmm. Herod wasn't imitating. He was actually giving an example upon which that Colosseum would be at least referentially built. Mm -hmm. Right? Because Herod has the two faces of Am Yisrael. On one hand, he is a Jew. On the other hand, he's more Roman than the Romans. Right. And so therefore, the rabbis, when they wanted to get from Edom to Rome, all they had to do was place Herod right in between. Because those two faces, on one hand, he's looking toward his original origins from Edom; on the other hand, he's looking toward Rome. And right in between is our story of told out mm-hmm. of these two brothers, Yaakov and Esav. Right? Because if we look, how's the story start? With hard pregnancy. Well, first starts it with with Baron Rivka.
0: Twenty years of barrenness. Twenty years of barrenness. Right, so let's 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 break it we'll, down.
1: Yeah, we'll come back to to where the connection is. Break right. We'll
0: come back to that connection. Absolutely. We're going to come back to the connection, and, and our trigger is going to be between Caesarea and Jerusalem. Okay, yes. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So we're at the Torah portion of Toldot, which is Book of Genesis, Chapter 25, Verse 19 is where we begin it. And basically, uh, what did we learn? We learned that, that we had this—see, last, again, last week's Torah portion, this romantic— journey and then bringing Rivka into the tent of Sarah and he loves her and it's, it's just this beautiful, beautiful, almost non-conflict ridden Torah portion right? It's very sweet. It's just very sweet It's like a, there's a sweetness to it and we were in Chevron last week and there was 25,000 people Just was very, very sweet to celebrate uh, uh, you know, the, the purchase of Marta Machpelah and the, con- the continuum from, from Yitzchak. This week's Torah portion it's like, here is the life of Yitzchak. He married Rivka. Then they didn't have any kids. Then they prayed for what turns out to be 20 years. And then it was a hard pregnancy. And again, if you remember last week's Torah portion, I told you that that Rivka Rebecca is a very tachless, hands-on, brass tacks person. And she's like, something's going on here. I will now ask the Lord. And the Lord is like, okay, here's the info. I want you to know what's going on in your pregnancy. Uh, What's going on in your pregnancy is that uh, two nations are in your womb. Two regimes from your insides shall be separated. The might shall pass from one regime to the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, that last line
1: is going to echo down for the next 3,000 years. Right.
0: And so this Torah portion begins very much with, it's it's a little bit of a kind of weird trick. It says to you, hey, uh, this is about Isaac's life, but really it's all about Jacob and Esau. That's what it's really all about. And what, Asa, what, what Isaac is going to be doing is really going to be the, um, the, the link between Abraham and, and Jacob, and he's, he's going to try to hold those two pieces together, and he's going to form the character of Jacob, because the Torah is going to tell us the character of Jacob, as opposed to Esau, who's a man of the field. Esau is a man of the field. Jacob is a man who dwells in tents. He dwells in tents. He's a tent-dwelling and his he's mother a homebody. huh he's a homebody in my mind he's a mama's boy at the yeah, beginning it's also right? true. he's a little bit of a mama's boy in the beginning and and uh, Isaac loves loved uh Asav because he's a man of the field he gets her done he gets it done out there he brings home the bacon okay he's a, he is a man of action and get it done he's born all ruddy and hairy and formed that's what we talked about last year um uh, 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 Yaakov also in your language is emerging he's an emerging character right now he's still kind of young he's, he's still kind of gentle and he's a tent dwelling and his mom loves is supposed to love the Torah says she loves him in the present tense that's what we meet and then, and then immediately the Torah is going to jump into these, the tensions between these two brothers and she got Rivko got this prophecy saying listen there's going to be a tension between these two uh, uh, giant regimes that are going to emerge forth from your uh, womb uh, and the fight begins at birth when Jacob is holding on to the heel of Esau, of Esav, and immediately afterwards, the kind of first thing that we meet ab- uh, about them um, is the first time we, we meet these two characters as their own people, other than the baby moment, is Esav is, is coming back from the field. He's coming back from the field, and he's tired. Actually, it says first that Jacob started pouring a soup. He's making a soup, a red soup. He's stirring the porridge, stirring the porridge, stirring the pot. And it smells. It smells good. It smells good. Interestingly, it's a vegetarian type food. And, um, and exactly, it, it, that's the, the, the verse says that first Jacob starts making the soup. And the next thing is that, that, that Esau is coming from the field, and he is tired.
1: He's tired. He's worn out, as we spoke about last year, because he is the self-made man. His whole life out there in the field and in in trapping and and doing and getting it done, like you said, doesn't allow for an identity, which can simply be. And you know, you mentioned before that there's a, this is a struggle of love and a struggle of hate, and that these brothers, their struggle begins in the womb. I would give it the overarching struggle of identity, because they're twins, and the question is. Who will inherit? Who will tell this story? What is the identity of the Jewish people? As you said, we're going to write books praising both Rome and Jerusalem. We're going to build Caesarea and Jerusalem. So who are we exactly? It comes down. And, and by the way, it's not just a tension between the brothers you named. It's, it's uh, an existential struggle. They both cannot be at one.
0: One will lead and the other one will follow or not. Well, these are big things that you're talking about, and yet it comes down to a bowl of soup.
1: That's well, a little, no. That's a little weird. Well, it doesn't come down to a bowl. It comes down to um, values, is that Esau needs what he needs, and he needs it now. He wants to drink the pleasure of life and eat it. This bowl of soup is an extension of what he's doing out there in the field, pursuing that moment and its richness and the amazing engagement with the world it involves, which might give us a hint. We can talk about later about why it was that Yitzchak actually loved him, right? But but. Yaakov is is stirring the pot. He's waiting to see what's going to come up. He has a picture he's received sitting there in the tent speaking to his mother about where things are headed. He also is able to seize the moment, but but Aesop doesn't get that. Aesop thinks he's a you know a weak, sort of uh, ineffective character because he doesn't understand that that constant action is no substitute for vision. Right? You can get a lot done if you're willing to engage every moment as it is but if you don't have a vision of what you're trying to do then oftentimes what you'll do is misfire if not downright break something
0: and, or spin your wheels or
1: spin your wheels right and so what happens when he comes in in that moment is all he can see is the suit and Yaakov starts to speak to him about the birthright because that's what they're struggling about Yaakov you said was holding Esau's heel on the way out who's the
0: older brother so Esau is the older brother, ostensibly.
1: See, it, uh, ostensibly so, and and yet the the elder will serve the younger. Why was Esau, well, sorry, why was Yaakov holding on to his heel? So Rashi brings in a bizarre midrash. He says actually Yaakov was conceived first, right, and that he is therefore the older brother. But just like if you took two marbles and you put them into a straw, right, the one they put in first, you'd have to take out second. So too, since Yaakov was conceived first. And Esau second, Esau had to come out first. And so Yaakov was trying to sort of stop this confusion and hold Esau back so that the world would actually know who was the elder brother. But in doing this, he set the pattern that there is no elder brother of significance in the Tanakh who actually inherits. And, and this struggle, who is the elder brother? Or who is the younger brother, right? Meaning, is what's important, I was there first? Or what's important, I'm, I am real to what is now. Goes to the core of the struggle between Judaism and Christianity throughout time.
0: It, what's interesting also is that Jacob is, um, one could say, he's scheming, plotting, but certainly harnessing that energy. He's aware of of Esau's weakness.
1: Oh, absolutely. And
0: he's and he's entrapping, uh, or harnessing, uh, or 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 really, um, as the British would say, being clever. He's being very clever here, right? Yeah, in that context,
1: it's important to know a lot of people are very uncomfortable with his character. You know, first he, he basically strong arms Aesop in a moment of weakness and gets him to sell.
0: But but he never but he never strong arms him. Okay, we talking he, about no, he, but, but this he, is an he important Exploits
1: important. his vulnerability in the right, moment. Right, but this
0: vulnerability is ridiculous. Also, there's something ridiculous about it. We're talking about, and I mean this, we're talking about a bowl of soup here. Yeah, we're talking about a bowl of vegetable soup.
1: I'm going to die if I don't get right, it though. But, right,
0: but there's a, there's a, there's a, you're being a drama, you're being a, a what do we say in America? Drama queen. You're like right. you're like you're like what's what's your deal, man? You you just you know how to hunt and kill and we learn later you knows how to make food. So what's your deal? What where did your energy go? What what are you you're, you're there's something there's something ridiculous in the sale of of the Bakhura of the Well very point. illuminating because Esau's essence in that
1: moment is revealed that he is Passionate and powerful, filled with desire for the things of the world as they present themselves now right and and Yaakov has the ability to understand that that's a shortcoming. you might engage the world deeply, but you'll never actually you'll eat it you'll consume it before its true fruits
0: can emerge maybe you're also you're also kind of uh, you're the way you're setting it up it's uh, rabbi Mike foyer you're setting up um a tension also between the contemplative. And the the, the action. The, the, not quite
1: contemplative. I mean, Yaakov has that in him. He is the Ish Yoshiv O'alim, right? He sits in the tents and, and watches things happen. But it's it's more the difference between poise and recklessness mm-hmm. because Yaakov
0: doesn't hesitate in this moment. Right. And we're going to learn more about Yaakov not hesitating. In any case, uh, so he's pouring him the soup and the Medrash great image says that he like pours the soup down his throat. I love that. He, like, and there's the... In the little midrash says, for kids, you have a picture of this wild man. Uh, Hairy son And he's just <laughs> laying back, and, and Yaakov is like pouring into his mouth. And by, by the way, interesting enough, he is feeding him. Yes. It is real. He is feeding his brother. Absolutely. He, he, strength, he, he lives another day, right? He may even live a day to, to try to kill Yaakov, but he's going. Yaakov energizes him. He did make him a good soup. He didn't poison the soup, right? He made him good soup. He, he did nourish him. By the way, again, it interests me that it's a non-meat soup. It just interests me. Because Aesop is like this meat-eating character. Mm-hmm. You know, and he gives them this like vegetable. You know, there's subtext here. There's a lot of times a, he gives them a kind of. I think there's
1: also a reality of the context in that's which to they tame live. him. I mean to say, I hear it, but they also have to remember the reality in which they live is the vast majority of their food came from lentils and wheat. <clears throat>
0: yeah, but at the end of the tour portion, we'll, we'll we'll see a nice meat dish. No question, out. they were pastoral, <laughs>
1: right? I think it's also important to to note that that Yaakov, in this sense, is is redeeming um, an overarching human archetype. We've we've spoken a little bit before about how people like to look at sort of comparative Near Eastern uh, mythologies and say, oh, see, the Torah is nothing unique, right? There was a Gilgamesh flood story and there was it. So Yaakov is the trickster. You know, it is a a dominant theme. If you do a little bit of cross-cultural sort of mythological analysis, see that the trickster is a very important character. But, But here, because Yaakov doesn't stay Yaakov, but ultimately, as we'll speak of in weeks to come, becomes Yisrael, He is consistent with the Torah's theme of dealing with the world as it is, but showing you how to redeem it, how to lift it up, and not be left in that sort of cross-cultural comparative mythology of saying, oh, look, that's what it is, that's what humanity is, and that's what it will always be. So you better know the archetypes so you know how to deal with people. No, no, no. This story introduces us. Yes, we know how it is. You know, Yaakov is able to have that poise in the larger picture that allows him to manipulate his brother here, and we're going to see the true story of manipulation shortly enough, but... We know, because we've read this story before, is that that he will be challenged and even broken around this, and ultimately what will emerge is Yisrael, a redeemed way of relating to the world.
0: Uh, Or or a a, a word I like to say, if you don't like the word redeemed, which is graduate to another level, reach another level, hit another level. Okay, so now we're in the Torah, chapter 26 of the book of Genesis. We're talking about the split between uh, Esau and Yaakov, Suddenly, the Torah is going to come back to what we thought was the original theme, which is Yitzchak, right? We have this forefather, Yitzchak. He's a silent type, seemingly. You know, uh, he had a... Had a hard childhood. Had a wild, wild moment there in childhood. Maybe he was 37 years old uh, at that time, according to the Midrash. <clears throat> and, and I'm talking about the binding, of course. I'm talking about coming up to uh, the Temple Mount with your father, being um, uh, tied up and and almost sacrificed according to the plain text, and as we talked about last week's show, actually being sacrificed on a mystical sense, um, and being this, the the rabbis will will liken Yitzchak to a perfect offering. And he's going to be disallowed by God from leaving the land of Israel. You don't need to leave this land. You never need to leave this land. You don't need the experiences, the worldly experiences. You don't need that. I want you to stay here. I want you to be almost. I I don't need you to be wise and worldly. Your i i your your silence and your your simplicity and your even your, your rock-like hardness is fine. You don't need to soften it. You don't need to, to, to learn about the world. And so God is going to tell him, don't leave the land of Israel. Stay in this land, inherit it for the sake of your father who kept my commandments. That's just one bit that we learn about Yitzhak. And the next bit is that he's going to go down to the Philistines, uh, not in Egypt, in, in Philistia, basically, uh, and which is around where Gaza is today, the Gaza Strip, and uh, it, it seems like the old tale, but a little harsher than the old tale, meaning to say he's going to go down and, 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 and his wife is very beautiful. We already knew that. Uh, and and they're, going to, they're going to be interested in his wife. He's going to say, she's my sister. Worked for my dad. you have heard the story before. Right. And later on, uh, later on they're going to see that she's not his sister. And this is where this hard Yitzchak that we meet, it says about him that he's laughing with his wife having some kind of relationships with her. And again, you kind of re- remembered the softer love relationship that we talked about, that Yitzchak loves Rivka. He's mitzachek with her. He's playing with her. He's laughing with her. So it's, there's a sweetness in that word. In any case, uh, Avi Melech, the king of the Philistines, says basically, hey, you know, uh, um, we almost took your wife. How could you have done that? Um, and um, Yitzchak says it like it is. Yeah, he's like he's, I thought you'd just kill me and take her. Right. He's very, very blunt. There's a super bluntness about him. Yep. At the same time, at every turn, Yitzhak is being blessed. This time he finds a hundred Masharim. You know that that neighborhood in Jerusalem, Masharim? It comes from the Bible. It comes it's often from Often
1: mistakenly translated as a hundred
0: gates. Right. It's 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 a hundredfold. Yes. A hundredfold. That's what it is. Masharim. Shar, by the way, means in, in modern Hebrew today and in the Dafyomi right now, it means um, it means um the exchange rate. Yeah. The the, the the market price. That's what it really means. Market price. That's what it means. Uh, so uh, so it's all relationship to, to economics. And there's one of the most beautiful verses in the Torah. ha'ish haloch adki gadal me'od. When the man grew. And he kept going and growing until he grew very much. And the Philistines are going to be jealous about him. He's going to leave the Philistines. The Philistines... Like last week, when the, when when uh, the Israeli Arabs and Palestinians were burning uh, the forests of Israel, here it says that the Philistines would uh, fill up what do you call it? Stuff up the stop up the wells, stop up the wells, like 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 total um, destructive uh, and uh, what's the word I always like to use about this? Uh, instead of creative energy, it's uh, destructive en- entra- entropic entropic it's, energy. Entropic energy. Uh, and I'm just going to finish up right here. They're going to dig different wells. Finally, they're going to get to this last well. It's going to be called Rehovot, wideness, space. Spaciousness. Spaciousness, yeah. spacitude. And, uh, and that is going to be uh, a, a kind of a, a the rabbis are going to take that as a sign that there will be a third temple built one day. Yes. There'll be a first temple destroyed. That was the first well. The second well, the second temple, third well is is wide wi- wideness uh, spacious, spaciousness
1: spaciousness and also an absence of conflict, right? right? The absence of conflict, uh, yeah. Because uh, listen, a lot of this parsha is about how to reconcile relationships, right? Right. Because on one hand, Yitzchak moves in with the Philistines, and when things are tough, it's quite fine for him to take shelter in their land. He because he's so successful, they start to feel crowded. And He says, "Fine, I'll move on." But but there's been a seed of jealousy there's planted. Jealousy, in. Right. There's, there's been a seed of jealousy planted. They basically follow him first, like you said, stopping up the wells and saying no, 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 move on. And then when he finally gets to a wide open space, they eventually what do they come to him and say? Well, oh, wait, you have to make a covenant with us because we see that God has blessed you,
0: right? They, 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 when he they hate him, and then when he leaves. They well, chase him. I think it's important to
1: distinguish between hatred and jealousy.
0: Okay, they're jealous of him. They, well, he says you, he says you hated me. Yeah, you hated
1: me. I understand he that's the way me. he experiences it, but right. why do I mention it? Is Because jealousy has a tikkun. There is a way to fix it because jealousy is based on this idea of scarcity, of insufficiency, that if, if you're doing well, then I must have lost something in the exchange. And that's so much of the world that we live in. We see the roots of it here, and by the way, we also see it in the struggle between Yaakov and Esau. There's only one blessing from my father. There's only one birthright, right? It's either you or me, right? And that, and and there's a truth to that. And to deny it, I think, is to ignore the truth of history. At the same time, when we speak about redemption, the core of redemption is a consciousness of abundance, right? And the sense of rechovot, like, no, listen, akoyaho, God is capable of doing everything. You got to work with me on this. You know, you don't look at me and be jealous. Don't look at me and have what we call tarat ayin. That you, that you. You see in my success, your diminishment, right? And, and one of the challenges that Yaakov will have as the, as the father of the Jewish people will be how to actually rejoice in his glory and his riches without projecting the diminishment of others in the same way the world has to learn how to see him as a glorious figure without feeling themselves diminished. And it really starts with his father. And this whole strange back and forth, there's a tremendous amount of lines about the uh, land struggles here. Last thing, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop, is something God told him, it's not worth it for you to leave the land. He doesn't belong out there. The, the status of Yitzchak as Ola Tamima, as a true perfect offering, is rooted in the land because there's a wholeness of being, from the physical to the emotional to the intellectual to the spiritual, which Yitzchak represents, that if you take it out of the land, it, it so to speak, doesn't exist. So God says, listen, you're the one that needs to hold this wholeness of being. Your ashes are in front of me on the altar, and you're walking on earth at the same time. And in many ways, I think it opens up the door for why it was that he saw in Esau what he himself
0: was lacking. So, um, right, that's that's right. He, he likes Aesop, Esau. Es- the, the, one of the, the mysteries of why Isaac likes Esau, why Yitzchak likes Esau, is because he sees in him this this kind of man of action, this this, this man, worldly man, that my wife gave me a great idea about that, uh, and she says, who is his older brother, Yitzchak's? It's Ishmael. He grew up with him for a while, and he kind of looks up to him a little bit, this tough guy, this guy, and not he sees in Esau a, a kind yeah, of Ishmael. Absolutely. But that, he also sees
1: Abraham. Listen, Abraham got it done. He fought battles. He got it done. He went and conquered countries. He traveled. He made converts. Yitzchak has been so drawn into himself through that experience of the, the ultimate divine sacrifice, that I think that he also might see a bit of Abraham in, in Esau as well. Right. I realize that in order to move forward, he's not capable of moving forward. Right. He, as you said, is the link. Right? Right. But he, so
0: and so, so, uh, everything I was saying, we're basically putting up this idea that, that Esau is the get-it-done man, the, the CEO, the action man. And Jacob, so far, all we've seen of him is that he grabs hold of the foot in a sense, saying, "Hey, I belong first,
1: because that's part of his
0: vision, right he, know, he actually knows what's supposed to happen, right, well, we don't know what his vision is, but 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 you understand that afterwards we We meet this guy who's making a a, a soup at the right place at the right time, um being at the right place at the right time by the way it, there's there's a wisdom to it it's, it's, there, it's there's a
1: wisdom, and the, again this I would say it's beyond wisdom
0: if you can see how the pieces
1: fit together, right then even in a in a sort of like I'm in a conscious fashion in something which is higher than In conscious intellect, you move toward the nexus. You move toward that moment where your actions truly matter.
0: I I just, I don't know why I want to talk about this for just a second, but um, you know, this world is, one of the big reasons for wars and struggles in the modern era in the last century and a half has been um, the struggle for energy, for oil, Mm -hmm. and who has oil and who doesn't have oil, and basically who has fire burning, uh, chemicals in the ground that petrochemicals that, that you could use to combust and move and, and win armies and, and move your society and, and make money and i'm always i'm always amazed at the fact that we actually have a nuclear fireball just a few million miles away and it is raining down massive amounts massive of amounts of nuclear heat and energy all the time and it's like it's like we don't know how to harness it yet. The world doesn't know how to harness this free, clean energy that is just beaming on our face. You could just, just sit on the beach for half an hour. Your face will be tanned. Uh, you know, your, your car, uh, uh, what do you call it? The steering wheel is going to be hot, very hot. Okay, there's, there's a tremendous amount of energy. We don't know how to use it yet. And this is what I'm talking about with Jacob. He, like, he sees Esau coming out of the field. He knows that there's a thing here. He knows that there's a thing to harness exactly at the right time.
1: So... I'm working on a project There's right like now. There's
0: like science in here. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, There's I'm, science I'm working
1: here. on a project right now with someone on uh, on sources of Jewish textual sources on solar energy. And he showed me a video of the Babuch Revi, Hello Shalom, in 1981, speaking about the importance of solar energy. And incredible, because what he says, is that anybody who ignores solar energy is mazniach bracha. That you're basically banning a bracha. That this is a huge bracha. That God, it's staring you in the face. Like you said, and we don't even see it. And I think that that is so much of the power that you're identifying in Yaakov is is he sees
0: the bracha that's staring him in the face, and he can't figure out why no one else sees it. And I wanted to say earlier that the word bracha has a particular meaning, and that is bracha also means, we understand it as blessing, but Rashi says that the word bracha means more. Yes. Getting more of something. That's its its core meaning, actually. Right. Like, because like, blessing
1: doesn't have any meaning. What does a blessing? I don't know what that means. I bless right. it means
0: more good stuff. It,
1: and in its in its essence, by the way, if you look at the first two words of bracha, bet resh, right, it means bar means sun, right. And in Aramaic, it means to step out, right. Bracha is that incredible capacity of the of the infinite Creator, and the all-encompassing Creator, to actually enhance creation by creating other, right. You and I who can live as other, even though we have a belief that we are one, we live as other, and that's the greatest bracha because that's what allows for newness, it allows for relationship, it allows for growth, and that's absolutely why bracha means more to sevet
0: And uh, I was at a funeral last night, and um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great funeral, you know? Uh, uh, when you go to a community funeral, and you see a whole community come around. It's, it's a powerful just, thing. It's a powerful thing. And uh, they read a WhatsApp from the nice lady, Tippy Dobular, Tippi Fern Dobular from Beit L. El, passed away, God rest her soul, and someone should have an Aaliyah. Mean. Um, they read a WhatsApp from her, and it was all about gratitude. And she was just like, and she was writing to her daughter, you know, how how much gratitude we should have in life. That's also part of blessing. Uh, it's it's a door to blessing. Is is gratitude for sure. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, Spiritual Cafe. Rabbi Mike Foyer joins us here at Pardes, and um, um, it is about to rain here in Israel. We've had Zarat a very Hashem. since since we spoke. I think there was a whole a fire thing that happened here. It has
1: been since we spoke.
0: Five hundred fires were were uh, hit this this country. Tremendous many of them, not all, but many of them were were of arson nature, yep. t- terrorist arson, um, tremendous destruction. Uh, for example, uh, the guy that prays next to me in shul this morning told me that he had been in the army for three days. He came back home. He said to his wife, let's go rest a little bit. Let's go to your brothers in uh, in um, Nevetsuf Oh. And they were out there, and then Friday night, they had to get into pajamas, turn on their cars, and leave town because of fire basically destroyed 18 houses and, and hurt many other ha- houses in, in that area.
1: One of the ter- terrible stories that people should think about if they want to try to support those who've been hurt by these fires is Yorm Ra You know who he is? Sure. The artist out in Beit Meir. 40 years of work lost when his studio was destroyed. That's wild. That is. So Beit wild. Meir was devastated. Right.
0: Some of these towns were really, really, uh, very, very badly hurt and that was, uh, that reminds me of the verse in this week's tour portion that they stoff- they stopped up the uh the wells this kind of destructive energy instead of a creative and Because when you energy. destroy the land
1: on which you stand you hurt
0: everyone there's right. n- there's nothing positive or
1: life-giving about that
0: right um and um you're listening to the land of israel network and i want you to write me an email yishai at the land of yishai at the land of i got an email from steve who says shalom yishai enjoy your talk from last week on hebron your wife is a hoot and from texas too it was eye opening to hear you and Rabbi Mike talk Torah. One of my favorite parts last uh, of the last talk was about Rivka falling off the camel. We miss that reading in English. Sometimes when you read in English in translation, not sometimes every time, you really miss a lot of the the many dimensions. That um, uh, w- what did what did Doc uh, tell? Um, what does Doc tell? Uh, uh, what's his name from Back to the Future? Michael J. Fox. He he plays the character. Oh, I forgot. I'm not name. holding. So he always he says. <laughs> You got to think fourth dimensionally, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's always hard to, to think fourth dimensionally when you don't understand the language. Uh, here in our Torah portion, I remember one time I met some, some Gentiles, and they were reading the Bible, and I said, they were reading about Edom. They said he came out hairy, and that's why his name was, was oh, and, you know, and he ate from the red soup, and that's why his name was Edom. It doesn't make any sense, nope. because Edom means red. Edom means red. That's, that's his color. That's his color uh, of asaph is red. All right, so now um, let's get to, to the uh, to the main event, here, the heart okay? of the matter. Let's get let's get to the heart of the matter. Uh, uh, all this portion, portion has been a setup for this for this part of the of the story, and that is Isaac is getting old. It's been one parsha. It's just been one little parsha, and Isaac's getting old, and he's going blind, and he wants to bless his son, so he calls his son the elder son, Esau, and he says, "Come here." He says, "Here I am, Dad." He says, listen, looks like I don't know when I'm going to die. I want you to put on your uh, 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 war, uh, your your hunting equipment. Go out there in, a, in the field and hunt me a hunt and make me the yummy foods that I like. Bring them to me so that my soul could bless you before I die. Rivka. Remember Rivka? Remember the loving relationship? Remember all that? Remember she's coming from... From, from Aram Aramnaraim, right? She's coming from Aram Aramna Not Haran. She's coming from Aram Aramna Ariam, I think, right? I think she's coming from the land between the two rivers. In any case, she's coming from there and 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 you know, she falls off the camel when she sees Yitzhak. it's like so beautiful and romantic. This love time she's for like sight. love at first sight, man. Love before first sight, <laughs> you know? Uh, and 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 now she's she says to her younger son, Yaakov, she says, Listen. I got something to tell you. Uh, it's been told to me. I have heard uh, that um, that your father wants to uh, bless Esau, your brother. Now we can't have that happen. So why don't you do the following? I want you to bring me some uh, some hunt or or some food from. Um, I, I want you to bring me. G- go to the flock here. Bring me uh, the, some choice goats. Two, two goats. Two goats, and I'm gonna make the yummy foods for your the delicacies for your father which he likes i know um his wife uh bring it to your father and he'll eat so that therefore he will bless you before he dies say what <laughs> what? what 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 is rebecca rifka telling Yaakov to do fake that out and get a blessing that he doesn't not supposed to get and Yaakov says to her Look, uh, um, that doesn't
1: sound like a very good idea. That sounds like a good idea.
0: <laughs> Moreover, there's like a technical problem before we even get to the moral problem. It's like my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smoothie. I am a smoothie. That's I right. am, I'm like, I'm not one of those hairy guys. The, I mean, we're, and, gonna and, see,
1: <laughs> we're gonna see this all play out. A, ultimately going to be expressed in that amazing phrase, Kol Kol Yaakov. Uh, right, that the voice is the voice of Yaakov, the hands are the hands of asaph And here you see it is Yaakov understands is that, listen, I'm the idea guy. I'm the idea right? guy. I, I, I got the vision. Right. But listen, I know my brother, he gets it done. And, and ultimately, by the way, this is a bit of the vision of redemption, is, is that, 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 you know, we as a people, Baruch Hashem, you look out the window, you can mention the crane, we also get it done. But, but so much of our power is in our inwardness, in our closeness, and our actual small intensity, right? That isn't going to shape the world brick by brick, right? And, and learning how to deliver that vision to the world as a whole so that people with the, the might of their hands can actually reshape the world in God's image, that's our task. That, that vision of the kol kol Yaakov, right? that it's his voice And ultimately, will be the hands of Asav that build is is going to follow us down through the generations.
0: All right, we're gonna we're gonna see that in just a second. Um, But that's what he fears. He fears. He fears the the, He fears. First thing he fears being a liar. He fears uh, being. uh, This is a crazy situation that his mom is sticking him into. And again, this is the Rivka that I love so much. She's this Rivka of like no indecision. Well, not only that, but she's the one who heard from God. She's an architect. She's an architect, an architect, but don't forget, at the beginning of the part, she heard from God, listen, the, the elder is going to serve the younger. This is a little bit like Joseph. Do you, do you see that? It's a little Joseph-y in that, in that she has a vision for architect- an architecture for time, mm-hmm. and she's going to follow through on it, even if it means crazy hoops that don't make sense. Yes. She's going to play it through without any, without any doubt, kind of.
1: Because once again, and I think of also the discussion we had about um, Eliezer, Ebed-Avraham, like holding on to the Brit Milah. It's like, don't be deceived by the events that are in front of you. Stick with the picture. I've got the big picture. From the, Before these kids were born, I knew who was in charge. I've been raising you, Yaakov, to have that vision. And I see you have that vision. And, and and now's the time. Because vision is meaningless if it stays in
0: the tents. Okay, so so uh, meaning to say it's time for you to... Make your move. You've got to make a move. <laughs> You've got to make a move here. And, and I, what I want you to do, she, she takes out these... Special clothes of of, of, of Asav, and there's a lot of midrashim about these special clothes. Are these the clothes of Nimrod? These are the original clothes that kind of change shape. They change uh, like vi- they visually look like other animals and other things. Uh, but it's got these special clothes, these very very special clothes, and and she puts on his. Uh, but the simple meaning, she puts on uh, skins of goats uh, on his hands and on his the scruff of his neck. And she sends him in with the food, so it's like mom's taking care of everything here. She's dressing you up, she's giving you the food, but you gotta go get that blessing. You gotta play you the part. Gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you you remember what you did with with Esau that you were the in the beginning with Esau when you were the right person at the right time with the right food. You just knew how to attract them with that red soup. You gotta do the same thing now, and it's with food again. This is a big food parsh so This is the food. This is the food parsh Okay,
1: we'll be having lentil soup for dinner.
0: Right. Um. And, and, and he goes in there, and uh, uh, Yitzchak immediately, does, there's this crazy tension here, because you're like, oh my God, this is crazy, and you have this blind father with the power to bless. And, and the first thing that, that Yitzchak says to, to, to his son, he says, how come you got here so fast? And Yaakov makes a, a type of mistake, quote-unquote, he says, because you're God, helped me showed up for me uh showed up from before you he was he was there for me he he helped me get this thing so immediately that sends a little bit of, of some suspicion he says why don't you come over here and let me feel you because uh, you may be esau or not <laughs> okay <laughs> and and he comes and he, and he and he and he touches him and he touches his arms and the back of his neck do you understand what esau must have been like if goats Hair good hair fooled him fooled him uh, fooled Isaac and he says this famous phrase as you said Hakol Kol Yakov, Esav the voice is the voice of Jacob not just the voice but the words the way of talking the things that you're talking about is the voice of Jacob but the hands are the hands of Esau now my take is a little bit different than your take yeah I think this is the ikar of the blessing I think this is the real blessing he says now you're where you need it to be. Yes, you've got the vision, you got the heart of, you got the voice of Jacob, but you needed those hands of Esau to get it done in this world. And now that I see that you're being tricky on this level, that you're willing to do stuff, you're willing to put on the garb of Esau in this lower domain, now I could bless you. Now I like what I see.
1: So now let's go back to Herod, because this is exactly where the rabbis get it. So he had the hands of Esau. He was building, he built the Colosseum before the Colosseum was built. Right, that amazing structure that you get to spend so much time with there in Hebron right, will become a, an archetype of architecture. And yet he lacked the voice of Yaakov. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: He fought the sages. Right? He, he, he didn't want to struggle to fulfill Jewish destiny, and so therefore he passed. You've got
0: to have the voice of Jacob first. It has to be who you are. So right. I said, this, is, this is about the identity. Right. The other part is the clothing. It's an external exactly. clothing. Exactly. You've got to be clothed in the clothes of Esau. And, and
1: I agree with you that, that in many ways, this is the struggle of our generation now, is that the, the Zionists who reawakened our, our physical manifestation as a people and brought us back to this land were very good at the day Esau. I mean, listen, we have, pound for pound, arguably the most powerful army in the world. J- right, J- Jane's Jane says that it's a, the eighth most powerful army in the world. Okay, fine,
0: but that's but that's because I said, of our argue, size. Argue.
1: That's that's why I said right. pound for pound. Right, pound
0: for but that's right. pound. That's for right. It's like pound for pound. That's right.
1: Right, we don't have the you know uh, economic infrastructure to have aircraft carriers and you know the but but unfortunately, at the core of much of the secular Zionist vision was actually trying to quiet the voice of Yaakov. And this is why we find ourselves in such confusion today. It's like we have this massive, powerful machine and we don't know what to do with it. And so we sit on our
0: hands. It reminds me of uh the um the genie in uh, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Giant world shaping powers. It's a bit too living <laughs> space. That's, yeah, right. That's exactly. <laughs> um, um so 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 the Torah's gonna say. Um, that 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 Yitzchak is not going to recognize him, and he's going to ask him point blank. He says, "Are you my son, Esau?" And he says, "It's me." Now that was a ostensibly a lie, but later on, what we're going to learn also. Oh, and then and then he he not only did 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 Yitzchak need to touch him and feel him, when he brought him close, he smelt him. He smelt him. Now this, the sheep's clothes are not going to be the only thing. A scent came in with Yitzchak. This is the scent of the field. The scent of Avraham ya- of who bought the field. The scent of the field that, uh, that, that, that Yitzchak prayed in. There's the smell of the field. The smell is really what, what, what... The smell of Gan Eden. The smell of Gan Eden. That's what finishes this, this off. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when, when Yitzchak's like, okay, I could bless you. When he smelt the smell of the field, which blessed him... The Tetragrammaton, God's name. God, yes. blessed, God blessed him with this field.
1: And and because if you think about it, don't forget, we started this this Parsha here, not the whole Parsha, but the local one we're speaking about now, with the idea that Yitzhak is blind, right? And, and uh, between his blindness and the smell, which basically causes him to make the right decision. Because don't forget, with all the trickery and the difficulty, and I think it, it's a mistake to try to read this story in apologetic fashion. There's trickery and difficulty going on here. See it embrace it right and and know how it plays out right right but um but it's critical because what was it that attracted eve to the tree it looked good it looked good right it looked good it looked good and she touched it right and she tasted it you know what she didn't do she She didn't smell smell the fruit right that's why our sages teach us that smell is the only sense which remains preserved from its edenic ideal and here, what is it that causes you? So he's been blinded. And, and maybe yes, maybe no. We'll talk about where that blindness come from. But he's been blinded. He's fooled by his sense of touch. He's, he's hearing, okay, it's kind of tipping it off, but it's not enough. When he smells, he says, I don't know what. I mean, I heard the voice of Yaakov. I, I felt Asa. I'm so confused. No, that's the smell. This is where to go. And And, and this is, in many ways, is um,
0: a return to that moment of Eden and an, and an ability to get the world back on track. And the blessing is very, very tight. Okay, the blessing is very tight, but it's going to be also big. See, the fragrance of my son is like the fragrance of the field which Hashem had blessed. And then he says, and oh, and may God give you of the dew of the heavens and of the fatness of the earth and abundant grain and wine. People will serve you and regimes will prostrate themselves to you. Be Lord to your kinsmen and your mother's sons will prostrate themselves to you. Cursed be they who curse you, and blessed be they who bless you. That's it.
1: It's so critical that it is a purely physical blessing,
0: because and this
1: is what the proof is that ultimately Yaakov was the right one to receive it, because that's what Yaakov needs. Right. He doesn't need the spiritual blessing. Right. He has the coal. Right. He has the vision from the womb. What he needs is the ability to embody it in the world.
0: Okay. So so uh, uh, so. He gets the blessing, very dramatic moment, and we're like, we're done with the story, right? The end. He's out of there. <laughs> you think everything's okay. I'll come wait back a to minute. the later. Right, but wait a minute. There, we're not done quite yet. There's another guy. Remember, we just got concentrated on who's, on, on Yaakov and, and how he got in fast and snuck in beforehand, was the right man at the right time, harnessed the energy. It's great. But there's an Esau out there, and that Esau is coming in with the hunt. And he comes in, and he says, all right, dad, get up. I made food for you. He's being a little bit harsh. And suddenly, uh, he says to him, who are you? He says, I am, here's the key words, I am your firstborn Esau. Wait a minute. There's a lie there too. You're not the firstborn anymore. You sold that away.
1: Because it's not about technical, biological. It's, it's about the value
0: of the relationship. And that he sold. You sold it. And when you say that, when you made that claim, it's not really true, and that's an important point. Uh, people miss that when, they, when, they, when you read it, maybe in English, you may miss that. In any case, uh, so, 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 so Yitzchak has a very big fear. A, um, Isaac trembled with very great perplexity, and he said, who was that other guy who came in here? He's also blessed. He figures it out. And he says, may he be blessed. But when Esau hears, this is, this is one of the most scary verses in the whole Torah, is it says Vaitak Tzaka Gdola Umarah Admeod. He yelled a a a a a horribly loud and bitter, yeah. very bitter cry, like a primordial like yell, yes. like a like a ah.
1: And, and this is a cry which Yaakov will pay for.
0: Right, like you could hear that cry yet today.
1: Oh, absolutely, it keeps reverberating. It absolutely keeps reverberating. And in the place where we don't actually act as the elder brother, where we don't own our birthright and use the power of our voice to try to bring the world toward that divine vision, where we're still afraid and trying to pull a fast one on the forces around us because we see them as more
0: powerful, those are the places we pay for it. And that's exactly what you're saying, Rabbi Mike, is exactly going to be the blessing uh, that Esau is going to get. Esau is not going to get a blessing easily. He's going to have to beg his father. His father's like, sorry. You missed it. I'm out of blessings. I, I And that's also a question. What does that even mean? Blessings, what is there? Is there a cup? The, what well, you were talking about before, resources. It's mm-hmm. like you said in the beginning. It's like, like, what is there? Just, hey, system, what is the deal? What, what, what? There's only one amount of you know blessings in this world is there a limitation and 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 Isaac seems to signal yeah like sorry i like did it i said it it's gone it's spent
1: well listen there's two there's two faces to the blessing one is there is a particular blessing which is being handed down which god gave to abraham which then uh, god then gave abraham the ability to hand it on right the blessing of the land the blessing of the promise of redemption that there is only one there's another power of blessing. And it's the power to see in someone that which is already there that they don't see themselves and to bring it out and essentially give it to them. And that's the second one that ultimately Yitzhak is able to reach a little bit deeper and give to Aesop. So let's see what does he give him.
0: Okay, so so he's going to say to him, and, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you have to feel a little sorry for Aesop here. Uh, more than a little. Yeah, you're just like, well, it, it, it depends on your, on your character traits. You know, me, I'm, I'm a little like, I'm I'm a little harsher. I'm like, "Okay. You know, sorry, buddy. You you you've been bad. You you do bad things. You don't deserve the blessings and 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 it's actually only only, uh, only only a blessing that you were able to lose out because had you been able to get it, had Hitler been able to win, you would dominate this world in an evil way. You don't I don't I don't feel sorry for you. And I know you want me to feel sorry for you. But the text does make you feel a little sorry for him. I have to admit. He says to it's he says to him was it, do you only have one blessing my father bless me too my father and he raised his voice and cried the Torah wants you to be like come on come on Yishai. even you can feel bad for Esau can't you and Yitzchak says okay okay I got something for you from the fat of the earth will be uh, I'll read it right from the translation uh, behold of the fatness of the earth shall be your dwelling and the dew of the heavens from above by your sword you shall live but your brother you shall serve. Yet when it be that when, you're, when you are aggrieved, you may cast off his yoke from upon your neck. What does that mean?
1: That by definition, Yaakov is in charge now. He has the vision and that you know, a sword is a, a moral tool. It can do anything. It can kill and it can defend, right? It, it can chop down trees or it can open up the ground in order to plant. Right, But when Yaakov fails to lead you, when you're aggrieved, then okay, you'll be in charge. right? If, if, when the world lacks vision, the sword and the lower animal side of the human being will take charge. And indeed,
0: that, that is what we have seen. Um, but Esau is not content with that. He harbored hatred towards Yaakov because of the blessing which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, may the days of mourning of my father draw near. Then I will kill my brother Yaakov. I, that's it. You've just heard the inner dialogue of a potential murderer. You, he says, "I want to wipe out Jacob. I want to wipe out this people. I want to kill him, and I want to. I want to inherit his inheritance. I want to. I want to. I want to kill him." Yeah. And I this, will
1: not serve. Right. I will only be master. Right. Therefore, I must destroy him.
0: Right. And and this is what the rabbis say that there's a a, a known halacha. It is it is an accepted halacha. Not a thought, not a belief, not a measure. It is a halacha that you should know that Esau hates Jacob.
1: Yeah, although we're going to see that root of that expression of that halacha at their reunion, at the unique moment when they actually do resolve, for one brief moment, their hatred
0: right we are we are going to we are going and there is uh, that's a very important point that you're making and that is there is a resolve there's, there was a resolve for a moment there between Ishmael and, and Isaac at the burial of, of Avraham. there's going to be a resolve but a very it's it's in the future it's messianic the okay. resolve between the tension between Esau and Jacob is a is a messianic moment by the way isn't it weird that the uh, uh, isn't it weird that that christianity has adopted a jewish uh character as as their god is is that is that is that a mixture here also of like of like jacob and and esau it's it's like it's like the world of esau takes upon themselves a jewish god is is
1: uh as far as i know early christianity did not place the emphasis on the judaism of jesus i think that's a a more modern phenomenon Uh um but i'm not really qualified to uh to analyze it, but w- what I would say is it, again, goes back to the core question that Asaph and Yaakov are twins. That the struggle here is a struggle of identity. It's not, no, don't mistake it for a power struggle. Who's going to be in charge? Who's right? No, this is a core, just like Herod had those two faces, right? A, the, the, there's an a, a inner struggle for identity, for how to embody the blessing of God in the world. And ultimately, the resolution that's going to have to happen is to decide... What is that, Kol Kol Yaakov? What is that voice that's right. speaking?
0: And and we also go back to the verse in uh, in in Noah, which is Yishkon uh, Yafed baalei Shem, like Japheth, which is also the the Greco-Roman world is going to dwell within the the, the tents of uh, of Shem, as the the greater godly idea is going to control the world. All that that ability to do and create will be within that framework. And and you do see that today. And I want to say right now that 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 I don't want anybody to get their feelings hurt, because I really do believe that many listeners to the show who are Gentiles, who are in a sense coming from the Asavian world, are part of that redemption, that effort to come into the t- tents of uh, of Jacob. I have many friends, my good friends at, at HaYovel, uh, who are coming, Christians, who are coming here uh, to. Uh, to 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 prune till and, and work the land of, of, of Samaria and the land of Israel in order to bring out beautiful kosher grapes that, that that make beautiful kosher wine, I really do believe that this is this is Japheth coming into the the, the tents of Shem and, and this reconciliation that we talk about that we'll talk about in a few weeks' time. there is a reconciliation and and people like myself believe that that we are living in that time we are living in a, in a, in a at least broaching that time
1: and i I think that but a very important element about our ability as jews to to accept that love and to join into that partnership is the fact that here we are once again rooted in our land that 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 we are not um, sort of this sort of ephemeral voice echoing in the corners of another culture, but that actually once again embodying ourselves and being able to stand with dignity and embrace the world in the fullness is critical element of that redemptive ability then to join with the nations of the world into building that divine vision.
0: If we don't have the tents of Shem, you can't come into it. That's the, the, the land is the key. You have to have that, and you have to have that self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I say what you just said a little bit in, in the same thing, but in a, just a different way, which is that when we're living on their lands, they say, hey, Jew, you listen to our story. Listen to Madison. Listen to Washington. Listen to uh, you know the uh, Aristotle. Listen to, to our great thinkers and, 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 uh, and spiritual lights. But when we're back on our land, so then the Gentiles are asking us, well, what is your Torah about? Tell us. Now that God has redeemed you and brought you back, and obviously there's a great light shining forth from Jerusalem, like you, now it's time for you to tell us. In the meantime, we've been, you've had to listen to us, but now that you're on your land, we're all ears.
1: And the challenge of our day is learning to speak to them. Because we've been speaking to ourselves in whispered voices in the corners for so long right. is that we have, to a little certain degree, forgotten how to really project. And uh,
0: it's our task for today. Well, we're going to talk more about that when we talk about the transition between Jacob and Israel, okay? But but uh, be all that as it may, we're not there yet in the Torah. In the Torah, uh, you got to run, boy. You got to run, squirrel, because you are in trouble, and that is... Re- Rebecca comes to, to Yaakov. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this beforehand. Yaakov says, Mom, I think I'm going to bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. She's like,
1: it'll be fine. The curse is on me. The
0: curse is on me. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine, fine, fine. <laughs> the, don't, no curse, no schmurfs. I'll take the curse. And then she says, well, listen, it's probably a good idea to run away. You got to hightail it out of here. I'm sorry, boy. Maybe it was a bad call. What, but but wait, what, Mom, but I'm a tent-dwelling mama's boy soup-making person. I'm not ready for no... You got to roll out of here. Your brother Esau, you really just took him off bad, okay? So you got to go now out of here. It's just like every nightmare of Jacob's is going to come true. Instead of being blessed, he's going to be cursed in his mind, at least at first. It's like it's like you kicked, like I've lost everything that I know. Lost his brother, lost his father, lost his home. Right, and lost his closeness to his mother. Yeah, absolutely. So everything is going to go uh, uh, the, the bad way. Just, Just so you know, though, at the end of the Torah portion, there is—you would have thought that uh, Rebecca and Isaac were never going to talk to one another again. Nothing of the sort. She again comes up to him. She says, "Listen, I can't stand the the, the local women. For Jacob, I'm going to die if he if he marries them." So Isaac is like, "Sure, honey, no problem." You know, he he says, "Jacob." He says he blessed him again. He said, "I have him, a good idea." <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> right. This is like this is like a big Creek wedding, you know, the, the man is the head, but the woman is the neck, right? So she so he says, hey, right, <laughs> exactly. He's like, "I've got a great idea. You got to take you cannot take a wife from the Canaanite women. I want you to go to Padanaram." Uh, where is Padanaram? Isn't that isn't that the Aram, yeah, Aram? That it's, is it's
1: probably in the sort of Turkish area of the headwaters of the Tigris-Euphrates.
0: The, the right. So he says, uh, uh, he, and he gives him a blessing, and he says to him, basically, may Hashem, uh, may, may he grant you the blessing of Avraham to you and your offspring with you. May you possess the land of your sojourn, which God gave to Abraham. And he sent him on his way. And, um, now get out of here. No, no, get out of <laughs> here. And uh, again, we also see that Esau marries women that are, uh, that are not to the liking of, uh, of, of his parents. So he's going to go, there's, there's a split here, and, and, and we, just, we just got a kind of picture of, we just got a kind of picture of, of the, the tension between Esav and, and, and Yaakov that is not reconciled here in this week's Torah portion, but that's going to be more or less the end of Yitzchak. What, what is that about? I just wanted to ask you at the end, like, like that's all we know of this, of this great forefather What does he mean to us? Remember that I asked you this year that we try to get a good grip on who the forefathers and mothers are. Who is Yitzchak here then?
1: Two things come to my mind. One is, as we said, the power of the link, right? And and I guess they're really they're the same because the other that came to my mind was that image of his ashes there on the altar. And I think it's hard for us to relate to the power of what it is to do something not for oneself for the development of one's place in history, but simply to make sure there's continuity, right? Yitzchak, he, he left his selfhood there on the altar. He had his moment of absolute divine service, right? And we see it a little bit expressed in his prayer there in the field afterwards. But now his whole task here, as we see his, everything, he's all this maneuvering in this whole book is to make sure that the blessing gets handed on. And I, I see that it's a critical critical element, as I've said so many times, that whatever one may think of various phases of Jewish history and the various embodiments, and like I deal with a lot of very liberal students who have problems with the rabbis, and you know, like what, what I often say to them is, listen, whatever you think, if the rabbis hadn't done what they did, we would not be sitting here having this conversation today. So you must respect. You don't, you know, you take your time and your autonomy, you do what you're going to do, but do not fail to understand that the dedication, the absolute dedication to God which the sages had and certainly which Yitzhak literally embodies is
0: what allows our story to move forward. Given the way you just said it, it really the Torah portion becomes all about being able to pass it on, pass on the what, this energy. You know what, did you ever see the movie about the penguins with and the the, the penguins in the snow? It's like this like documentary. Everybody saw it as a, it's, it's this crazy documentary about these super, super like penguins living in like the the Arctic and they're passing this little egg between one another. The mom lays the egg, but then the father like puts it under his own fat and they have to carry it throughout the whole winter, this, this, this egg. It's like, it's like, you gotta, you gotta somehow pass it on. You gotta get the blessings. You gotta catch the rays and you gotta, and you gotta stay safe. And now you gotta get out of here. That's right. All right, folks, we got to get out of here as well. So I want to thank you all very much. You are listening to Spiritual Cafe and the Yishai Fleischer Show with Rabbi Mike Foyer and myself, Yeshai Fleischer, uh, here at Pardes. I want you to write me an email, yishai at the land dot com, yishai at the dot com. Tell me about these Torah portions. How are they moving you? Tell me about the flag of Israel, that you've a bumper sticker that you put on your car or you're flying or something like that. Tell me about the wine of the land of Israel that you're drinking. Tell me about the other shows that you're listening to. Uh, show me a picture of, of, of your kids and how you guys are growing and doing. It is a supreme pleasure to be uh, in your ears. I hope that you're listening to this before Shabbos and getting ready for the Torah portion, whoever and wherever you are. And it makes us supremely happy when you send us an email and give us a, a sense of, of who you are out there uh, and how you're connected to the story of the land of Israel, folks. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of energies that want to block this light from coming forth. So when you let me know that you caught the light uh, from Jerusalem, somewhere out there, wherever you are, it 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 makes us feel that 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 light is shining and it and it's affecting you wherever you are. So keep that energy strong, Rabbi Mike. I want to thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, brothers and sisters. Stay tuned. Stay strong. And more great stuff is coming up right now. Me and Malka Fleischer. Stay tuned and shalom. The best place to stay in Jerusalem is at Windows of Jerusalem Vacation Apartments. Check out their website, www.windowsofjerusalem.com. They've got beautiful one, two, three, four bedroom apartments in the best location in the city center with the most beautiful, breathtaking views. And I mean breathtaking. I've stayed there a number of times myself, and I'm telling you, there are few places anywhere in the city where you can take it all in to this degree. The view, the location, the great apartments, plus the wonderful staff, will truly make you feel at home in Jerusalem. Book your stay now at windowsofjerusalem.com Alright folks, we're back here on the Yeshai Fleischer Show And now we're at the Ann Schwartz Bernath Studios on the Mount of Olives That's my home office um, studio overlooking the Temple Mount in Jerusalem As I turn my head, there is the Golden Dome Great placeholder for that third temple And we're in Jerusalem, where my house? That means we're also with Malka Fleischer, show hostess with the most of Shalom Malka, how Thank are you? Thank you, Yeshai. it's good to be back, two weeks in a row Amazing Yes, thank you, so, <laughs> thank you so much. There was a, there was a pause from the audience, yes, like wow, just, everybody yeah, was the,
2: there was awe that we needed to let the space for happiness. Well, the created. truth is,
0: the truth is, is I don't have too much time because we're we're recording right before I have to run out the door and go give a, a very special tour to a very special group. That group is actually Israeli college kids from University University Universitat Univers- Univers- Barilan Univers- Barilan University, <laughs> and that university. Is the first in our project with an organization called Im Tirtzu, which is basically like a nationalist, patriotic organization working on Israeli campuses to fight the post Zionist, anti Zionist narrative that takes a hold not in, in California campus, but actually here in Israel. So we are organizing with them to fight the Shovrim Shtika phenomenon, Shovrim Shtika that's breaking the silence. They're bringing it to Hebron and teaching the unnarrative. They're teaching the un narrative through Chevron they're actually showing you know the security and all that kind of stuff and, and spinning it as though Israel is subjugating uh, the Arab minority in, in its midst and and they really un-narrativize the people of the country through their tours that they give her practically for free that's what we're doing now to counteract them is get on the college level and i heard an interview with the head of Shavrim Shtika uh, breaking, the, breaking silence. the silence he says he says, uh, they asked him about Imtih two making tours to Hebron, oh, wow. to Hebron, so he's like, it's a gimmick!
2: A gimmick? What's I'm like, that, why uh, is that a no, gimmick? No, but the funny
0: thing is, I'm like, it's a gimmick that you use, then. I right. Mean, just... How
2: is I don't get how touring a city is a gimmick, but I do want to say that I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea for a few reasons. One, because Hebron is really the, uh, the root of the whole thing. If you ask me, Hebron is the root of the modern state of Israel, maybe people wouldn't recognize that because nothing really happened in Hebron to create um, the modern state of Israel per se but Hebron is sort of the reason that we come back to the land of Israel at all it's the place where Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and their amazing wives were buried it's the place where King David started his kingdom his kingship really um and it's the, the reason that the Jewish people cling onto this land it's it's the testimony that God gave this land to the Jewish people, that the Jewish historical and cultural narrative comes out of this place, and I think it's it makes a lot of sense. You know, Ishai, it's not just Imtirtzu that comes to Hebron. We had the chance to go just last Shabbat to for Parshat Chaye Sarah to Hebron, and we got to see the thousands and thousands of all kinds of different people. Um, and you know, the the one thing that's, there's only one problem with, Shabbat Chaye Sarah in Hebron, the, the Shabbat when everyone comes to uh, read the Torah portion where Abraham bought the Machpelah cave in Hebron to bury his wife Sarah. And that problem is, ironically, the Shabbat. Because if, you, if we could bring video cameras in to show what's going on there in, in Hebron, I think it would make a big impact on a lot of people, but it's Shabbat and on Shabbat, we don't use video cameras. We don't, um, turn on and off electricity, things like that. There's many other rules. You can look it up on Google on h.com, Chabad.org. Um, But it's just a wonderful, amazing sight. People come with their tents, and I saw people, like, sleeping. They turned off all the electronic kind of equipment associated with opening the car door, like, so the light doesn't turn on in the car. And people were sleeping in their cars, like, behind their wheels with sleeping bags and and just every possible little nook and cranny. People were sleeping on rooftops, you know, lining the floors of people's living rooms who live there in Hebron we have the honor of, of going to Tel Romeda, which is the upper part of Hebron, uh, of Jewish Hebron and it's close to the tomb of Ruth from the book of Ruth and Yeshai, her grandson who is the father of King David um, and we stay there every year we stay with the Yahalom family who make amazing chicken no coincidence that we stay there and uh, it was just a really beautiful it was a beautiful time they open up the isaac room There are basically no, many isaac many hall. The isaac hall thank you there are many many rooms inside um the tomb of the patriarchs which is five floors above the actual cave that no one is allowed to go into um and some of these rooms are closed off to jews most of the year including the isaac hall uh the room that's there to commemorate the father isaac and so they open it up uh 11 days i think a year is Ten that right 10 days a year for Jews to be in the entire Machpelah. Inci- not coincidentally, they do the same for Arabs. They open it up. Um, there are some days that they open only for Arabs, uh, or Muslims rather, is the more right, correct it's term. It's split
0: between the Jew- Jews and the Muslims. Right. Between so there's, and
2: there's the a, okay. a certain. And then the other t- days of the year, there, it's the, the Machpelah, uh, the Marat Machpelah, is split in half, sort of, and Jews go in their parts and Muslims go in their parts. So anyway, we went into the Isaac Hall, and there's this one. Um, kind of hole in the floor, which is protected by like a beautiful grate, like a metal grate. And there is a line on the men's section and the women's section behind this this grate and hole in the ground the entire Shabbat because this is a hole that goes down into the actual cave. Um, and you can take a whiff of the air that comes out of there. They say that is the opening to the Garden of Eden. So you can take a big fat snort of the heir of the Garden of Eden there. And I, I try to make a point of doing that. You say a little prayer. I always whisper a hello to the forefathers down there and I pray that my children will be like them. Um, Yeah, so it was just a great time. Ate a lot of chicken, saw a lot of people. Um, we brought little seeds for the soldiers to eat it's a good time to be nice to soldiers sunflower seeds. sunflower seeds right Sunflower. i don't, seeds. I don't think people not think like, that like that, bird that, seeds right
0: they're not like we're not trying to grow chia well there i yeah on the soldiers. right no
2: i mean chia is is very is very healthy but i'm not sure it's a good snack
0: Ch-ch-ch-chia.
2: so um yeah we gave out black uh sunflower seed packets to the soldiers because it's like a good you know you're standing there you're guarding you can open some seeds I used to bring Crembo. We talked about this, I think, last week. I used to bring Crembo, my favorite, 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 favorite little treat. But I realized all it really does is give you a sugar high and then a sugar crash. And then it just lasts for like five seconds anyway. And it, may, it has this foil, you know, outside and hopefully no one throws it on the floor or whatever. So these little seeds more nutritious. I think it has magnesium
0: Yes, That's so, my story. Yes, and everybody loves them, and it's also very social. <laughs> yeah, it's, a it's social like, oh, food. have some seeds. You have can't some fe- share a crembo. No, you cannot share a crembo. All right, folks, you are listening to the Y'shai Fleischer Show. Today's show is uh, brought to you by the good folks, uh, good friends of ours, uh, Jack and Sarah uh, and Lillian and Moshe out in Brooklyn, who make it all happen for, for uh, the show. Thank you so much, and God bless you out there. We miss you very much. Our good friends, the Michels, uh, out in Switzerland, uh, and um, also... The show is sponsored by uh, a good friend of ours, Steve, who is a Rolfer, and that is uh, a treatment that I'm getting right now, which is basically stretching out your spine, fixing your um, uh, your posture, and making you just more in line with gravity altogether. I I just had some uh, treatment work uh, or adjustment done in my hips.
2: Yeah, and you're like, hey, look at my posture.
0: Yeah, my like my hips, you know, my hips is, were connected to my. Your hips hip, don't lie, um, you shy. Yeah, hips don't lie. That's right, and I just feel much much. Uh, 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 more more upright and that's something that you have to be in your land is <laughs> Komemiyut is upright. It's just um, good,
2: it's good Zionism. It's to good get Zionism. Yeah,
0: you got to be healthy in your body. That's that's part of what Zionism is about also to return to the bodily strength uh, together with the spiritual strength. If you want to check that out, that's facebook.com forward slash Israel Rolfing. Rolfing is like golfing but with an R. Okay, so Israel Rolfing. Facebook.com forward slash Israel Rolfing. Uh, also, I want to talk to you, Maka, about uh, the story of last week—it's already gone from the papers—but there were over 500 fires uh, all over Israel. Nightmare. Now uh, there was an unusual, maybe historical kind of dry wind—a dryness in the country. Imagine that, like the whole country was under one of those hand blowers that's just like drying out your hands in seconds. That's what it was like, and we all actually felt it on our bodies, our lips. The entire,
2: our entire family had chapped lips. It but was not
0: just chap lips. Like oh. Let me just put on
2: this chapstick. But like the chapstick's not working. Nothing was working. We were walking around for four or five days with horrible chronic chap lips that we could not cure.
0: Right. And we were not the only ones there were uh, there were WhatsApp messages going, hey, I've got a special cream. Yeah. It was like
2: a problem, a nationwide epidemic of chap.
0: Right. It was it was chap lips. Um, And at the same time, uh, the trees out there were dry. It has basically not rained here in Israel yet. It's it's very bad.
2: People out there may not appreciate what that means because you kind of live with rain and people have droughts in different places, but it's mostly because you guys aren't very good at conserving water, no offense. Um, Here in Israel, it doesn't rain for months and months and months at a time. It hasn't rained here since Passover. That's April time. Right. Okay? So we've been waiting for rain now for almost eight months. Right.
0: And as we're recording this right now, today was supposed to be uh, a rainy day right now
2: sunshine
0: sunshine right and it's a beautiful day day
2: and you go outside and you're like it's pretty today and then you're like that's bad
0: that is bad and and uh it turns out the jihadists use this opportunity uh to light fires throughout the country and they're reporting right now that at least a half uh, of the fires that were started were started by by arsonists that's 250 fires a lot of fires i don't i don't believe that number at all i think that's a total cover-up i think it's it was Ninety percent of those fires were started by arsonists. There were
2: some. Let's just let's just go the other direction and say there were some actual natural wildfires. Right, that's there right. were some natural wildfires, um, but the fires that destroyed property were arson fires.
0: That's right. They were started close to uh, Jewish communities, and uh, in fact, uh, uh, a good friend of mine was uh, in in Shabbat Neve Tzu. He's an Orthodox Jew, and he was in Shabbat. An Orthodox rabbi. An Orthodox rabbi, and, and Fires started engulfing the community of Neve They had to evacuate in cars on Shabbat. In their pajamas. In they their jumped pajamas. into cars
2: in the, on Shabbat night, which is, thank God, everyone was okay. And you know, the last time we had this big Carmel fire, which honestly doesn't even compare to the fires that we had now, there was horrible loss of life. So you really have to commend the fire department, the nationwide fire department, and you have to thank God that nobody was... Was killed, God forbid. And I'd, I understand that injuries, most injuries were not terribly serious. Right. Now, now, so thank God for that. But but there were many people who lost their homes. Apartment buildings went up in flames, right. ha- homes went up in flames. I know of an art gallery that was destroyed. Nevetsuf um, yeah.
0: lost 18 homes, just 18 homes. Right.
2: Can you imagine what that is for a second? Like and let's homeless. just say that you have insurance, okay? And, you're, and that covers everything. It's like, and what about your grandma's? you know, a wedding ring and what about your baby pictures and what about your marriage certificate and what about your, your wallet? You know what I'm saying? What about your, your, you know, love letters that your husband wrote you? Like these things are gone and my heart breaks for them. You know, I, I can't imagine what it would be like. And Isha, you know, it, it's sort of like disappearing out of the news. Um, and that's a, that's a real shame because, these people are going to need a lot of help, and I hope that, that in upcoming shows maybe we will be able to talk a little bit about how we can continue to help these people who will be needing a lot of support.
0: Very good point, Malka. I want to concentrate on one, one more aspect of this fire, and that was how, the, how some of the news media covered it. Um, it turns out that, uh, that the Palestinian Authority sent a few fire trucks to help put out some of the flames. And immediately the news story shifted to s- something like this. A tragedy, a natural tragedy, a natural disaster struck Israel, and Jews and Arabs got together to fight the flames. It's a story of coexistence and oneness at a time the tragedy strikes, we all come together. That's what the story was basically. It was on the times of Israel. It was, it was kind of touted everywhere. I spoke to some people who were fighting fires. They said, look, the Palestinian firefighters, we oftentimes are the ones going into Palestinian Arab towns in putting order out to out help putting fires. out fires. They don't know what they're doing, really. They don't have a good equipment. It takes, it takes right. very serious they training. They
2: came to get a little experience.
0: Right. Well, no. What they really came to do is to actually create this kind of story. Mm. And in truth, the story is not that at all. The story is that jihadism, the idea to destroy Israel within the framework of jihadism was uh, what, what motivated uh, um, uh, hundreds of fires to be started by young jihadists. And the Palestinian Authority is one that teaches this idea often uh, and very strongly through their media outlets and through their Facebook pages and through their sermons. And that's exactly what happened. And the covering of, of, uh, of that true story with this uh, narrative that really we're all together and one and and you see we we, 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 we can coexist and all we need is peace that was an, that. that is a cynical usage of, of uh, people's will to see good news is like that it, to cover up the real truth which is these people are completely complicit right Palestinian authorities completely complicit uh, w- with th- the effort to destroy Israel
2: well, Isha, I think that there were some people who bought that side of the story, and they're the kind of people who, with all the love in the world, typically buy that kind of a uh, rhetoric, which is they're just as you said, they're really looking for that peace story. And my heart goes out to them, you know, because I get, I get it. But I don't think that most people were totally convinced that this is just a peace story and that this is just wildfires. I think people know. That it's that it was arson. I I think that in this it's case ter- it's
0: terrorist arson.
2: Right. Oh, definitely that it's organized, right.
0: Societal terrorist arson. That it's terrorist arson. Okay. But like en masse, hundreds well, of people took place took part in this. Right. I mean,
2: certainly dozens of people took part in this. Um, but that's enough. Do you know what I'm saying? I think dozens of people is enough to make the point.
0: The, wait, wait, and let's remind our listeners, Malka, that hashtag Israel is burning. Right. was burning through right. the Twitter right. sphere. Absolutely, and as, people as, were very
2: happy. Right. Right, the people who were behind that were very happy. And one tweet that I saw was very interesting that I really connected to, is like they always call it Palestine, and the second that it's on fire, now it's Israel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought that was very um, telling, right, that, that it's always, always Palestine, but the second that, that it's being destroyed, now they recognize that it's Israel because they know... That they they hope in their deepest heart of hearts that Israel be will be destroyed, right. and that's their whole goal. And this was really trending on Twitter. Do. It was it was uh... right, right, and it made the news that it was trending on right. Twitter. Also, um, we have to maintain a clear head in these moments and to understand what the what our real goal is, which is you know if you're looking for a peace story and you're looking for a good news story, let it be that the Jewish people came together that they supported these people in their time of need that they outpoured with money, with clothing, with food, with with old refrigerators, with I'm
0: sorry, you know, but not the story. I have to disagree with you. Like, yes, I know we're gonna do that stuff. Yes. I know we're gonna do that. I know we're going to be nice to one another yes. and come together and all that stuff in but prayer.
2: But that we should fight the enemy. That's, I agree, obviously, we should fight it's, the enemy. It's, but you and I, were sitting here so in our... So don't
0: give me the the the, the, the come-together talk. I, 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 we have to talk about... Everybody's going to do the come-together yes. talk because it's the easy way to deal with this. We have to, we have to talk about uh, getting into those communities, those uh, Arab communities that are supporting jihad, into their Facebook pages, into... We have to make arrests. We have to... Take Arrests away are people's, happening. Take Arrests away are people's happening. citizenship or residency. We have to take yes. that away. We have to punish here. Yes, We have, to, we have to fight fire with fire. We have to have a fire of rage that comes out of here. And that's what I keep on trying to talk about. We are constantly being, t- a rage is being taken away from right. us. We're not allowed to rage anymore. We're not allowed to even get upset anymore. You, you, you can't even, like, you can't get angry. You can't say, you know, what are we going to do to avenge this? What are we going to do to get justice? What are we going to do to make sure this never happens again? Those are three different levels. Okay? But we got to talk like that. Instead, it's always like, oh my God, we got to help the people. And oh my God, we came together. It's so beautiful. It's like, forget it for a second. We were just under massive attack. That's right. The whole country was, right. was, 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 right. was, our forests were burned down. The little animals lost their homes, and the big animals, the people, lost their homes. And, and it, it was a horrific attack of people within our, and these are, by the way, mostly Israeli, Israeli Arabs. Arabs correct. So let's, let's like look at this in the face. You're right you right. it in the You're face. Right.
2: You're right. I looked it in the face, and now what? Now
0: what? Ma- make as us, a, your talk, regular
2: person talk about who's it listening on your radio to this show. show. Okay. Yes. Do something yes. that
0: you can. Whatever you can. Don't yes. allow them to, to. Don't. That's why I'm talking about this as a media story. Don't allow the media to 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 take away from us the most natural of reactions, which is rage, anger, and, and, a, and a a will inside that says never again. Maybe the day is not here today where we can actually act on never again. Okay, maybe that's true, but we will not allow that fire inside to die down. We know it's just, we know what just happened to us, and we're not going to cover it up. We're not going to be like, you know, we're not going to be like, uh, uh, you know, victims of trauma who just don't want to talk about it and just want to move on. We have to say, no, this was a horrible thing that happened, a great injustice, and we have to... It's it's ac- actually what you said right now, which is, and now what? So what am I supposed to do with my frustration? I'd rather just keep going. That That is one of the ways in which the post-Zionists really operate. They, they create in us this feeling like the rage won't go anywhere, so you might as well just sublimate well, it.
2: that I mean, in terms of, look, every, you're not saying anything wrong. Everything you're saying is right. I'm saying, though, that as a regular person, as a lady sitting who's, who has in 10 minutes some cookies to make, right? What am I supposed to do? I can't go out, even if I would really want to. I can't go out and do justice.
0: Okay, but at least you can write on the Times of Israel in the comments section, like, this is BS. I'm call-. Sometimes you have to be a little kid and call the emperor naked. You just have to say what you have to say. You have to say, this is, this is, a, this is a, 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 a false and in, 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 what's the word, like ridiculous, like, like preposterous backwards representation of what happened here. And I'm not going to be a part of it. That's all. I'm just not going to be a part of it. And if I have uh, ability to tweet Facebook or comment on a newspaper, I mean, I feel like an American Jew. Write, write a letter right, to the right editor. Write a letter to the okay, editor. But, well,
2: that's the only, that's no, but, the only but, sword but we have. But it's important.
0: Sometimes you have to do that. There's, uh, and
2: it gets, hopefully, in, in this modern age, also, these kind of messages get to the upper echelons. And if they see that the that the society is behind their their strong stance... Then maybe they're more inclined to take a strong stance.
0: Right. <clears throat> Malka, I got to go to uh, Hebron to uh, to do the tour. I want everybody to check out hebron.com for uh, both our fun site and, uh, and our tour site and, and the informational site, which is run by uh, my good friend, Ben. I also want to thank Ben for helping me with the show and also Moshe, my good buddy Moshe out in Idaho for making sure that the show gets out to the world. I want to thank uh, you very much, Malka, for making time from your busy schedule uh, and the, the well, thank coo- you for having me. And, and the cookies and and all the I and all the cookies good things to make.
2: It needs to happen. You got, I'm you... going to use fire to make cookies.
0: That's right. That's right. That's the way to to build the Jewish future. Uh, fight fire with fire. You're going to make some delicious cookies, and you make delicious uh, 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 intellectual cookies as well. By thank you. being on our show today. I want to thank you. I want to ask everybody to write me an email: Yisha at thelandofisrael dot com. at thelandofisrael dot com. Many other great shows that are here for you to connect you to the story of Israel wherever you are folks there's a lot of people that want to put out our fire with their fire they're trying to fight our fire with their fire but our fire is going to be stronger and bigger and it's going to just it's going to be a com- combustion of 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 emotion of of will, of memory, of history, of of, uh, uh, of of a historical moment that we will not give up. This is our time. And the way that you have to fight the fires of the jihadists and other people is by, is by exploding with your own fire of love. Put on that flag of Israel next to your house. Put on a picture of the land of Israel in your house. Drink a bottle of, of wine Friday night from the land of Israel. Do whatever you can. Take a step to show the world, show yourself that you're filled with fiery burning passion. For the story of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. Malka, thank you so much for being with me.
2: Thanks, Ishai. I hope you have only good news next week.
0: And have fun in Hebron. All right, folks. More great stuff is on the way. landofisrael.com. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected, and shalom. Rabbi Isaac Nissenbaum, one of the founders of the religious Zionist Mizrahi movement, wrote, The objective of Mizrahi is the total revival of our nation in all its aspects. To revive Judaism in our hearts, and to revive our hearts for Judaism. The Land of Israel Network is powered by the Mizrahi World Movement.
1: Do you like picking strawberries or blueberries in the spring and summer? What about grapes? If you were to take an experience like picking grapes and move it to the heartland of Israel, this is when an experience becomes prophetic. Young and old, singles and families are all invited on this adventure of a lifetime. I'm Joshua Waller with Hayuvel, and I invite you to join us on the mountains of Israel where prophecy meets reality. Go to hayuvel.com, that's H-A-Y-O-V-E-L.com for more information.